Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. Friends make it better. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. I am recovering. I got a big old thing off my plate. And while it was awesome, it is also awesome to have some free time again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, 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 you know, we're we're fresh off the leaving a legacy open seven, I think. I thought it was eight, maybe seven. I thought it was seven. It could be eight. I thought it was seven, uh, which is pretty awesome. That's pretty yeah. awesome. It is sweet. I'm I'm glad we were able to sneak it in, especially with the way things are kind of looking. Yep. But event, uh, what it didn't go up without any hitches, but <laughs> very few hitches. Mostly, yeah. most of the hitches were with the stream, which is you know that's that's good. It, oh, should, I, you want to tell that story real quick? Yeah, tell tell well, that story. Should, about, wait, should we introduce our guest first? That I can tell the story. I don't want to wait. Yeah, I've been not, waiting too long. Let's. It's true. We have joining us on the cast today, uh, top eight participant in the leaving a legacy open uh returning to the cast i believe uh rude Engen, how you doing rude hey how's it going guys pretty it's good going well it's going well actually uh, it's my first time i believe being on the air is it oh, the really first time? okay i know we've, yep. we've talked about you a bunch because uh for our members who don't know you are one of the pioneers of stifle knot that is kind of your uh claim to fame and in, in it is it is yeah dread soul um been playing that deck since about 2008. Oh, wow. yeah. One uh, one of the yeah. first people, one of the first people to play it, one of the first people to, you know, get some serious uh uh you know placements with the deck. So uh anyone who kind of knows legacy history knows you as a uh, as an innovative deck designer, and you definitely put those chops to use in the tournament. You top aided with a uh, mono black world gorger dragon. Yeah, which- yeah, such a fun deck. Um, I'm pumped to talk about it with uh, with you today. Kind of talk about your deck choice, you know how you brewed the deck up and how it mm-hmm. felt as you ran through the tournament. But before we get into that, I want to hear about the comedy of errors that was Pat's morning. On oh the- my gosh! <laughs> All right, so oh no, yeah. So the last Leaving Legacy Open tournament we did was in what January or maybe early February of 2020, right, Jerry? Yeah, you know, more than 18 months ago yeah. at this. And point. so, like, so. All right. So, you know, I packed up all my stuff on on Saturday morning and I like to Jerry knows I like to get to the uh, to the events early. Like Jerry likes to sh- Jerry likes to stroll in like 15 minutes before it starts. You know, whether he's playing or or streaming the event, doesn't matter. Let's, he shows up about 15 minutes before the event starts. <laughs> Sw- you know, swag, you know, <laughs> coffee in hand, uh, you know, bagel in hand, just swaggering through the through the uh, just saying hi to all his friends and, and fans, of course. Listen, um, there's but perks, I got, I, there's perks to being the talent, you know, I'll, no, hey, listen. I'll, I'll be in my trailer i'll be in my i get trailer. it i get it i get it the best one was the halloween dress up for that sure. was really good <laughs> that was the best come on um so so yeah so i i, I like to get to the event about an hour beforehand because i gotta bring you know i gotta bring my desktop and my monitors and the mics all that all that stuff that has to get set up i gotta bring to the event so i like to show up like an hour before so i'm running like 10, 15, 20 minutes behind in the morning, just getting all my stuff together. Cause it's been a year and a half since I've had to bring all these things together and, and transport them. Um, so I'm running a little bit late, but it's not a big deal. Like, Oh, and, and to add stress on top of this, 
a friend of ours, Bob Wong, had asked to borrow a couple cards uh, for my Delver deck. So I got to make sure I'm there on time, which should never be a problem because I'm there. I'm always there before pretty much anyone else except the event staff. So I go to start my car and my battery is completely dead. Like I must have I must have left my keys in the on position at night and my battery is drained. Now, I have one of those like it's like a newish car. So you have to do some weird finagling to pop it in neutral because I'm like, oh, at least if I can pop it in neutral, I can roll it down my driveway, get it near my wife's car and jump it. Cannot get this thing in neutral. So now I'm like panicking a little bit. I'm like, well, I have a trickle charger for batteries, right? So I'm like, I can throw it on the trickle charger and we'll see if I can get the thing started. I throw it on the charger for like five, 10 minutes, go to start it. Nothing, not even like nothing, nothing's there. And now I'm like, shit, now I'm like actually going to be late, like legitimately late to the tournaments. Now I'm stressing. I'm texting Bob. I'm like, Bob, I'm going to be there as soon as I can. I, I, I should be there like, you know, 10, 15 minutes before it starts. We'll be okay. And now I go to start it. Can't still can't start it. I'm like, Bob, I might not, I might be late, buddy. You might need to buy that Ragavan and whatever it, the expressive iteration he, he needed to borrow. So uh, long story short, like I left the trickle charger on there for like eh, probably 20 minutes and just barely got the thing started. I mean, just barely got it started. So I'm like, all right, good. Close the door, like, you know, close it, close the hood run down the driveway you know i'm firing up to acton now acton's like an hour drive for me so run up to acton i get there 15 minutes before the tournament give bob his cards i'm like you know breathe a sigh of relief awesome that's great like you know i'll miss round one but i'm not gonna miss the whole day like i thought it was like we'll, we're gonna get there we're gonna get there so i run in i'm setting up the computer uh zach's there to help because he was kind of like at 9 20 he's like hey pat uh no one's here what's going on and he knew obviously Jerry wasn't going to be there in time, but he kind of was expecting me to be there early. I um, want to say I was there around nine. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should have just hit your eyes with you, man. So, so I, I get there, I get the, um, the camera set up, the computer set up, all that stuff brought in. It's all, it's all going okay. Turn the computer on. I go to start OBS. OBS is missing. Oh, so OBS is like, oh, we want to update. It's been a year and a half since you've run it. I'm like, sure, OBS, we'll update you. We, I got time. I got the whole first round. We'll update OBS, no problem. Update OBS, go to launch it. Now all of a sudden, I'm missing a bunch of drivers for OBS. Oh no! So, so now Zach and I are trying to find, go through like the Microsoft websites. He's like googling on his phone. I'm trying to find stuff on the on my desktop to find these drivers. Yada yada yada. Anyway, we try multiple times to to download the drivers and install them. I keep having to restart my computer. It's taking like 10 minutes to restart my computer every time I do this. So Zach and I are just sitting there like round one goes by. We missed that. I'm like, all right, we know maybe we'll be okay for round two. Round two goes by fully round two goes by. All right. Maybe we'll make it for round three. Round three goes by. Right. So now, now I'm like, you know, getting a little, getting stressed out. So, and eventually Zach was like, you know what, let's just, uh, let's jettison OBS. We'll download Streamlabs. Uh, Streamlabs OBS, and we'll just run it off that. And so that's what we ended up doing. So we, we ended up going live for round four, caught the rest of the day. And, and the rest of the day went off pretty much uh, cover drives without a hitch, which was great. Um, but it was a very stressful start to the first part of the day and uh, could have all been avoided if, if I had booted up OBS, you know, any time in the year and a half leading up to the tournament. So a lot of it was on, on honestly, all the pain was my own fault. I had but, heard uh, of, yeah. Right? You could just blame me, Pat. I mean, that's that's also the job of the talent is to take the blame. You just scapegoat me. <laughs> I had heard of the streaming issues you guys were having, but I had no idea it was related to driver issues. Yeah, it was it was uh, very yeah driver yeah it was uh, very frustrating. But again, it's 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 whatever we 
we were able to get it on. And uh, yeah, we got to we got to view, you know, uh, we got round four through seven of the Swiss and then obviously the three rounds in top eight. So that was great. Um, we got a lot of great games on camera, which is awesome. I'm going to try to get those on YouTube this week. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, they'll be uploaded. Uh, but you can also get them on Twitch right now. They're on the, the videos on demand on Twitch. So if you really want to watch it, you can watch it on Twitch. But um, if you want to wait for that YouTube, that sweet, sweet YouTube content, it should be up uh, later this week, hopefully. So, yeah, if you want to be reminded to download uh, YouTube premium every five minutes, you can watch the, yeah, yeah. the YouTube one. <laughs> yep. So but anyway, so, yeah, so we got the we got the tournament going. And uh, and that's that's my big that was my biggest uh, stressor of the day was, uh, you know, the car st- not starting, you know, don't have the cards for Bob now. Now I look like a total ass. And uh, but anyway, we got there, at, uh, you know, in the end. So uh, shout out to Zach for keeping me calm and, and just doing everything he could to get it to work. And uh, and yeah, it was it was it worked. It w- went just fine. I think we'll stick with Streamlabs from now on. I'm glad it worked out for you, Pat. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the stream, I was really impressed with uh, how much how many viewers we had. I think we doubled our last LAL open for viewership. Yeah, I think, well, it's definitely the raid from Honorog, like, uh, yeah. in the top eight helped because he raided big, with, like, 350 people and a lot of them. Really? Around. Yeah, yeah big, so. big things. To oh, that's that. awesome. Yeah, and so, yeah. but we probably, like, when we started, we, were, we went from, you know, from, like, 20 viewers in the pre-show to, like, we probably averaged about 100 to 120 throughout Swiss. And then, like, it's pretty interesting because, like, the closer you get to top eight, the more and more people tune in, which is pretty funny. So once we hit top eight, we were over 200 and then Honorog came in and then we went over 400 for a while, which was well, for the for the rest of the uh, top eight, which is pretty cool. So yeah. um, shout out, shout out to Honorog for that. Uh, much appreciated. It was it was really fantastic. Yeah. Big thanks to Honorog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope people enjoyed some uh, some Lacey. <laughs> I don't know how they liked our commentary because we always get a little uh, we always get a little loopy in top eight. You know, the you, blood, you and the I blood do. Sugar Zach is our the- rock. Zach is the rock. <laughs> Of that, of that room, man. I know, it's like I am, I am out of my depth when it comes to nearly every deck. The only deck I can really speak any with any um, gravitas on is Blue Red Delver. Even that is a stretch sometimes. But Zach can talk about pretty much anything. He does such a good. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Zach Turgeon. Like he is uh, uh, a staple and like uh, just a necessary component of the open uh, stream at this point. So. Uh, he does a great job. But yeah, by the end, Jerry and I are a little loopy. We're a little tired. We're a little worn out. And Zach is just like, I could do this all day. This is not a problem <laughs> for me, you know? Yep. And uh, big thanks to Zach also for doing the uh, the pre- last week's episode with us and also being in the booth. Yeah. Uh, make, making us look good. That's that's yeah. really that's really Zach Zach for you. He, yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's what he does. We boost up those around him. Oh, yeah. And the judges you guys have are also very good. Yeah, they do a good job. I mean, the whole like Michelle, the whole event staff, they really are they're top notch. So we we appreciate all of the all the hard work they put into the uh into the opens. Cause like I said, Jerry and I really just show up and stream it. Yeah. Like everything else is done by the event staff. We don't do any of that stuff. So also what I really, Michelle too always takes care of because uh we were actually 10 people short of hitting the next uh prize uh support increase, taking it from a 2k to a three and a half K. And Michelle was like, you know what? whatever we're just we're boosting it to a three and a half k anyways mm-hmm. so that, that, that was, was that really awesome that was really awesome um and uh yeah it was good we ended up getting 
Uh, 97, though technically 96 participants, because someone somehow managed to register for the event twice yeah. using using two different uh, Wizards accounts. I mean, I you know, I, that's something I would do if I thought I'd double my chances of doing well. <laughs> I was well, told that's not how it works, but. Well, well, it was funny. He almost got paired up against himself because one of his seats was table 13 and then the other one was table 14. <laughs> so he came real close to getting paired against himself, which would have been a really awkward first. That's round. Really, that's the most that's the most uh, unique scoop of all time. <laughs> right. How does that even? How does that even happen? Uh, I'm I'm sure at that point the, the judges realize what happened and repair the event, but. They didn't realize they thought he was just a no show because one judge came up to the table to drop him because he no showed from one match. And mm-hmm. then the other judge was like, no, he was here. I have his match slip right here against someone else. <laughs> so awesome. basically his round one opponent got a buy because his opponent was a no show. And then they corrected the, the tournament from there. That's that's really funny. Right. <laughs> um, that's epic. So yeah, it was, uh, was awesome. It was actually a, a bigger turnout than I was expecting. I know a bunch of people messaged me, you know, saying that they were sorry to make it. They just, you know, couldn't take the risk with everything going on right now and totally respect that. You gotta, you gotta look after yourself first and foremost and your family. Uh, but even so I was really happy with the turnout, um, that, you know, I thought we were going to get like 60, maybe 70 and we got right. cl- close to a hundred. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pr- very good, especially for like the first. And I think like, uh, I was talking about this with, I think it was, uh, maybe Zach or oh, no, I've been Roland actually. Um, and he was like, I think this is the biggest paper legacy event since since COVID hit in March. So um, there's obviously been like online events and stuff and other smaller paper events. But I think, uh, you know, nearly 100 players is the biggest thing uh, since. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Legacy Pit's going to blow us out of the water. Uh, in a couple oh, of weeks. course I'm, they are. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super excited for their event. I'm, I'm happy to be able to tune into that stream and kind of watch mm-hmm. some uh, great legacy and hear Where's some awesome gasters. Where is that that's- taking place, Jerry? Uh, that's down in Georgia. I forget the town uh, offhand. No, no, no. Pitts. That's in, oh, that's in, oh that's yes. in Pittsburgh. Sorry. Legacy Pit is based out of Georgia. The No, the based out of Maryland. It's the South, Pat. Okay. I it's don't in, know. It's geography. In, it's in, I believe it's in Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. The Legacy I, Pit event. I have a third grader's understanding of geography, so we're going to not 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 surprising. But yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Um, that's going to be a big tournament, which is really cool. They do a fan like they're. Um, their streaming is just, I mean, top notch. I don't think anyone really comes close to how good they are at streaming stuff. So that sounds um, awesome. Yeah, they used some- to. I was gonna say I used to do a lot of traveling, um, competing in legacy events and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But now I'm pretty much limited, mostly just to mass tournaments. I used yep. to travel to New York, um, Rhode Island. I still go to Rhode Island if there's a big enough event. Yeah. But I've also been Pennsylvania a couple times. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll be good. And then, of course, there's the 100K in Missouri in October, which is going to be a, a barn burner for sure. So, yeah, it's going to be sick. Uh, so let's get into this tournament, though. So let's see what lessons we can learn uh, that we can apply to both the Legacy Pit Open and then the uh, the Missouri tournament. Yeah. So we were talking about the metagame breakdown. Um, and I know I'm sending off the uh, all the info to Joe Dyer because he's going to compile it in an article. Uh, and include that for his for next week's article. Um, but I did do a quick like kind of scan of the archetypes. And you want me to guy, you want me to go down those real quick so we can kind of talk about what the big archetypes were. Yeah, yeah that'd definitely. be awesome. Do you okay, have the, so uh, do you have the document Pat so we can? Uh, I, it's actually just a picture on my phone. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but of course, like I think very. Um, 
very expectedly or, you know, very, you know, you know I think everyone knew that Blue Red Delver was going to be the runaway favorite deck of the day. And, and it was, it, it, it had 12 copies uh, that registered for the event along with um, uh, three copies of Blue Red Delverless Delver. So basically cutting Delvers for a few other things. Uh, even some of the Blue Red Delver decks had cut down to like two Delvers, which I think is wrong. And I think, I think your conversation with Bob Wong, which we can talk about later, kind of kind of touches on um wrong in the sense that you know well we'll get to it anyway um <laughs> so I, I, i'm like i'm like thinking about this whole tangent i want to go on and i don't want to get into it because i don't want to derail this um <laughs> so so yeah so 12 12 uh 12 blue red delver decks um there were six of the second most played decks which you guys both guessed in the pre-show and i'm gonna give you credit for that right now you guys both guessed that was gonna be death and taxes and it was, which which surprised me. Um, so there were six copies of Death and Taxes. That that's um, just I feel that's a safe bet because Death and Taxes is one of the cheapest yet, like as far as competitiveness to price mm-hmm. point ratio, mm-hmm. I think Death and Taxes win, like takes the cake in that. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think you can get a better bang for your buck if you want a competitive tier one legacy deck. Yeah. So it's always going to be popular because of that. And we also saw some Death and Taxes uh lists uh make top eights on some of the magic online tournaments so i know it was on a lot of uh, people's radar because of that yeah and so and everything else after that was three copies or less and i'll tell you the three copies because there weren't even that many of those there was three copies of Garuda Bomberman. that was the surprise for me in the tournament i was not really expecting that deck to uh to put as many decks up because I think it would add, uh, it put two copies in the top 16, if I'm not mistaken, or at yeah, least I don't, the top actually, 32. If you have the top 16, if you have a picture of the top 16 or the top Swiss standings, or the, these standings after Swiss, um, I would appreciate that because I couldn't get that. And I would like to find out, uh, you know, if I can figure, if I can shake out the top eight or the top 30, eight, 16, or even the top 32, that would be sweet uh, to send along for Joe. I do believe that one of the players that was on Bomberman, um, his name was Kenny. He's a very, very good player. Actually, uh, he goes to Elds over in Bellingham. Okay. And yeah, he's really well known for nice. Bomberman. I yeah. So he did quite well, too. Yeah. So so three copies of Bomberman. There were um, three copies of lands and a, a few different iterations of lands. They weren't uh, all, you know, the same 60, but th- three copies of lands, three copies of bank control, and then three copies of Elves. Um, and everything else um, was, you know, two or less copies. And there were, uh, Jerry, I'm going to let you talk for a minute and I'm going to count up how many different archetypes were represented in this, in this 96 person tournament. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I am really impressed with the, uh, the turnout. Um, my just kind of quick takeaway uh, for me as different from the online meta is I felt that uh, there was way more combo than I was expecting. How, how do you feel? Oh yeah. That, okay. Because I know, being uh, rude, you were playing a uh, a combo deck. Uh, what was your thought behind, you know, deciding to sleeve up an all in combo deck in, in this current meta is just so heavy with uh, blue red delvers? You want my honest opinion? Is that yes. I actually thought going into it there was going to be a lot of combo, so I was okay. just trying to play a faster combo deck than my opponent would be on. Oh, interesting. Okay, nice. Yep. And and uh, how come? Just because what what you were seeing in the meta, or oh yeah. Because- Okay. Absolutely. I've I've been seeing a lot, a lot of combo lately. And one thing I will note is that in combo mirror matches, a lot of the time, it'll come down to whichever combo deck is faster. 
Yeah. And I got to say, too, um, you've also been playing uh, some more paper locals, right? You you go to ELD games a lot and, and play in their, uh, their weekly legacy? Correct. I go there about once a week. Sometimes I'll go twice a week, depending on my work schedule. Um, but I do do a lot of local testing there. That's just awesome. I mean, you probably have a, uh, a great pulse on the local meta because of that, because that was a real differentiator we saw in the Leaving a Legacy uh, meta compared to, you know, the, the Magic Online meta, which is basically what, you know, all we've really had to go with uh, as far as uh, events go. So that that's nice to see kind of that uh, that difference between there and how if you show up to your LGS, you can get get a scoop on the meta and, you know, mm-hmm. do pretty well in a tournament because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of combo for sure. Yeah, worth noting, uh, there were 51 archetypes, 51 distinct archetypes in this event. Wow. That's a lot, that, right? Like, that's that a is, lot. That's a that lot. That's a lot. That's what that's that I think that honestly, I think that is more archetypes than anything we've seen. Um, because I, I always write it out on the same kind of notebook paper. And this was two full columns from top to bottom. And I've never, I don't think I've ever had that many archetypes in a single event. Um, and as far as combo goes, like there was, so there was a, a world, obviously the world gorger combo. Um, there was three copies of Guy Ruda. Um, Can we call Hogak a combo deck? Cause there was yeah. two oh, copies yeah. of that. Definitely. There was a, so Epic Gamble was, there was one copy of that. Two copies of Ant, uh, three copies of, of Epic Storm. Three copies of Black Red Reanimator. I'm not even going to sneak and show at this point, but uh, <laughs> let's see what else was there. I'm looking down the list right now. Uh, two copies of Doomsday. Oh, um, a copy of Cephalid Breakfast, which we had on camera. Uh, let's see, Black Green Food Chain. There was a copy of that. There was a copy of uh, Green Black Turbo Depths. I mean, there was also Bug Alurin. I saw in the room. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, there was a Bant food chain deck. Uh, did I miss Bug Alert? Yeah. The, um, yeah. So there was a black. Did I say black green food chain? Yeah. So there was a lot, a lot of combo in here, and they, it wasn't all like storm combo. It was, you know, and that's that's not even including like the copy of Sneaking Show that we saw. There was three copies of Blue Green Omni Show. I mean, there was a copy of of uh, Omni Sneak with like the Wish package. So there was a lot of combo in the room, is what I'm trying to say. Um, with- yeah. What Quite I also bit. noticed is comparatively to other combo heavy metas, I feel there was a much more uh, uh, presence of creature based combo deck. Uh, you know, things like Alluren, Food mm-hmm. Chain, Gyruda Bomberman, and fewer copies of the more spell based combo like, uh, you know, Storm and Ant. And right. Um, Definitely. That it, it just feels like the combo meta it is coming back. Uh, we are like clearly we're seeing a ton of combo make a resurgence in the meta, but it's combo that has a plan B. Right. I will right. say out of all my matches, and I played all seven matches during the tournament, I think I only faced combo outside of the top eight um, one time during the Swiss, oh, which was weird. Because yes. uh, it was just full of combo. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't don't you love it when you? Uh make a prediction about the meta and you make your deck choice based on that. And then it turns out your prediction is right, but then your pairings get, you don't get slapped down anyway. You just get paired with something completely different just because. <laughs> yeah, it was weird for sure. Um, so what, yeah. Well, what did you run into over the course of the day? All right. So round one, believe it or not, are you guys familiar with, I believe his name's Kyle Morin. Oh yeah. He's, he's one of the wool guys. Yes. Um, I actually got paired against him. 
Yep. Oh, not man. Gorger, I'm going to note. <laughs> he was not on Woolgorger. I was yeah. very sad, but he was on Snow Control, I believe. Right. So I got, right. Yeah, I got paired against him round one. Um, it was a it was a good two games, close competitive. Um, and then after that, I got paired against I believe Death and Taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other matches that I had of note were Eldrazi. I actually got paired against an Eldrazi player. Okay, Stompy. Okay, yep, there was one of those in the uh, in the in the room. I believe that was Curtis. Curtis was on Eldrazi Stompy. I saw him stomping on the Bugalurin player. Oh, he was uh, on. I, I, so I believe Curtis was on like a Eldrazi post. Yes, he was, was on Eldrazi post. Yes. Yeah, oh, there, there was, was actually there was actually a uh, like an like Eldrazi aggro deck as well with like Genesis oh. and and like yeah. ancient tombs and city of traders. Gotcha. Yep. I got paired against the aggro version. Okay. Yep. Um, the other two matches, or sorry, the other four matches I had. Two blue red delvers I got paired against. Um, a show and tell. I'm not sure which variant of show and tell it was. And then the other matchup was Hogak. Okay. And then in the top eight, I ended up losing to one of the three Bomberman players. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Odin, I think it was, was on Bomberman in the top eight. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah, the uh, uh, the top. Actually, I can go over the top eight real quick if we want to talk about the archetypes that were there. Yeah, what, um, what, what ended up making top eight? I actually oh, have. That and one. also, I I want to just amend what I said. There were a couple more decks that had three copies um, that I missed on this list, which was um, the Epic Storm had three copies because Brian Cook can't if he can't attend the tournament at least his deck will. Um, three copies of Blue Red Delverless Delver. So I guess that makes fifteen copies of Blue Red Delver I, roughly. I, yeah, I was actually surprised at the number of uh so Bob was playing uh no uh DRC Delver. Right. And then there were three copies of Delverless Delver, which right. uh was unusual. I, I was not predicting that. Uh three cop three copies of Black Red Reanimator, and I don't know if I mentioned three copies of Lands. Oh yeah, I did say Lands, but all those decks had three copies of, and I just I didn't want to miss that because when I post the uh the pictures. I don't want people to, to call me out on the show. So those those <laughs> also had three copies. But again, the vast majority of decks were one or two copies. Vast yeah. majority. Uh, Rude, you had something to say about Delverless Delver? Yeah. Can I put my two cents in about yeah. the everyone cutting Delver from their list? Uh, please. Yeah. Let, you know what? Let's before we go into the top eight, let's talk about that real quick because because you did have Bob on uh, Jerry for like a little interview segment. Um, between and, rounds and and Bob's thing make makes sense. So one thing that we talked about on stream as well is that, and we had we pulled Bob into the booth for an, an interview halfway through as well. I I highly suggest people check that out. But Bob was really saying that uh, the Delver decks are becoming so inbred to beat mm-hmm. the mirror that they're just doing some crazy stuff like running steam vents, right? So right. that they can go DRC and hold uh, days and, up and hold days up. Yep. And yep. Bob's like, this is crazy. You know what? I'm just not even going to run DRC so that I don't have to run these steam vents in my deck. And right. we saw on camera steam vents doing a lot of damage. A yep. lot of people lost life because of steam vents. And it definitely mattered in a couple matches. Yep. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I just want to add too, and I think Elijah probably, like you had said, he is, was preparing so much for for Delver uh, decks for the day. Um, I, I completely agree. I, I completely agree with Bob, which happens a lot when we talk about stuff um, that people are too focused on on beating Blue Red Delver and not realizing that there are other decks in the for in, in the format. 
And this tournament is a, is a great example of that. Like the copies of Delver that made it into the top eight, which there were two, uh, both had Delver in them. Um, were, considering, uh, considering they made up more than 10% of the, uh, the overall tournament too. Correct. So correct. Oh yeah. Way more than 10%. Yeah. Uh, especially if you if you include the Delver list Delver in the blue red uh, archetypes, yeah, we're at like fifteen um, percent of the room on, on yeah, something like Delver. that, yeah. So, um, so considering that those are the ones that made it into the top eight, and also the fairly high concentration of combo decks in the room, like I don't want to be cutting my Delver of Secrets versus combo decks. Like I, I don't oh, want to no. be, you know what I mean? Like I want to have a very reliable turn one clock to slam on the board and like. Darcy is good. We saw it all day, right, Jerry? Like Darcy was good, but like it's not a reliable turn one threat, especially against these combo decks, because you're going to want to be. You end up holding, I feel like a lot of your counter spells for their money cards. You end up holding a lot of your like uh, brainstorms and ponders for later in the game when you really need to figure out you know, when you really need to find your your answer or your your permission for 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 their cards later in the game. So I, I don't think you end up filling your graveyard as aggressively against combo decks like you do against, you know, any other a mid range or, or an aggro deck. Um, so Darcy, I, I think loses a lot in that, in that matchup significantly. Can I also just say that I appreciate Delver a lot more than Darcy as a caster because trying to figure out if Dar- Darcy had delirium on stream was very difficult. Through be, the day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, like if I could go back and change one thing about the tournament, it would be to make a delirium counter and have the, yeah. have a die. Yeah. Use it because we we're like, wait, how is this? Wait, what's this map? Oh it's yeah. Actually, it's that actually more than once up. where I'm like, Oh, is it, wait, is that, is that a land or, oh no, that's like a, that's like an altered brainstorm or whatever. It's hard to tell. Like, I, I will say that like the filtering effect of, of, of dragon's raid channeler is massive. Like that's a huge uh, bump for the deck, but I also, but I do think that like people are getting too lot there. They, they can't see the forest for the trees. Basically they're too focused on beating Delver decks in the mirror when, you know, and they're, and they're, they're, they're just horribly, horribly maiming my favorite legacy deck. Um, cutting Delver, <laughs> cutting Delver, cutting the namesake out of the deck is just completely unforgivable to me. So um, plus, plus Delver has the decency of flipping over when it's transformed. Come exactly. On yeah. 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 Dragon's Ray <laughs> Chandler does jack shit. Um, as a but, blue red Dreadstill yeah. player, as you guys know, I always have been on four Delver in that deck. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend Eli about this. There's no way I had ever cut that card from the list, mm-hmm. no matter what. I, I just think it's too efficient as yes. a turn one threat. It yes. flips pretty much, not guaranteed, but if you have Brainstorm or something like that, it comes online, turn two as a 3-2 flyer, you know, really fast. I think it pressures opponents a lot faster than DRC, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but DRC is better in games that get kind of like a grind fest. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But like so many extra cards, but you don't, I mean, in my, in my experience, I don't really want my combo matchups to become a grind fest because I feel like I lose those pretty often. And that might just speak to me as a player more than anything else. Like maybe I'm just not that good of a, of a Delver pilot versus combo or just in general. But um, I do feel like if I'm playing against a combo player, like it's going to be, I want to slam a threat early. I want to keep up as much permission as I can. And I want to attack, early and often and, and, and put pressure on their life total. Um, and that's how, that's where I found my success with, with Delver decks versus combo. So I don't really want a, de- a card like, like dragon's rage channel. That's going to draw. That's that's its biggest strength is when they is in turns like five and six, you know what I mean? Like once it's definitely have, it definitely has delirium. It's filtering cards for you. Like you, 
by turns five and six, like I can automatically bin lands. I never have to even think about it. Like I don't need them. Um, you know, but like, you know, early in the turns, I'm like, oh, I guess I have to keep this land on top. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't yeah. feel that, that great. So yeah, man, I, I just, I just hope people realize that like paper magic is not magic online. And like, I saw, I actually saw Rodrigo Tagoras today say like, oh, if you want to be the best in, in legacy or modern, you have to play a lot of magic online. And I think that's, I don't know why he said that because that's been known for a well, very long time. That's nothing new. Um, like that, like you can get like a high quality opponent. You can get exact rules you know like there's no rules fuckery going on there and like the you know you can get a ton of matches in on magic online that's nothing i don't know even know why he said it because there's nothing new with that however like when you look at the metagame like i think i think rude said it earlier like you you need to know what's there locally right like locally we had 56 archetypes if you go into a challenge are there 56 archetypes fucking absolutely not Probably Absolutely like six not. or seven. Exactly. Exactly. There's not all these ones and twos and, you know, it, it, it's just, it's wild. Like, so another thing too, for magic online is you need to play paper magic to get used to paper mechanics. I was talking to my buddy, Josh, who was playing in the tournament and he said, man, it's brutal. I'm super rusty mm-hmm. on these, uh, you know, interactions because he's, he just said it like, you know, because magic online does it for me. Yep. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point too, Jerry. Yeah. So it's just like you, you need to practice uh, paper as well as magic online. Cause otherwise you're going to fall into a rut unless mm-hmm. you're a player who plays 100% of magic online and is never going to play a paper match ever. Then you do you, you enjoy your, your world that the, all the power to you, you get legacy where you can get it. As mm-hmm. someone who's played a lot of both, as you guys know, I used to grind a lot of MTGO and um, I've played a lot of paper legacy tournaments as well. Mm-hmm. Totally different. I can't even really compare. I think MTGO and real life paper tournaments are just to- almost a completely different game. Yeah. Me, yeah. Honestly, they're yep. so much different, you know? Yes, I, I agree. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I, I don't love, ma- I can't, I can't really bring myself to play magic online. The, the iteration I like of magic is paper magic. And so, you know, and, and so I, I, I hear you. And like, I just want people to realize that like when they're going out to these big paper events in in September and October, like, do not bring Delverless Delver. I don't believe in that deck, you know? <laughs> I'm on your side, Pat. I, I know it's an unpopular decision right now. Is it safe to say Delver's being slept on right now? I mean, I, I, I always feel like Delver's being slept on because I just love the deck so much. <laughs> people are underselling it. I have people coming up to me now telling me, oh, Delver's unplayable, blah, blah. Delverless Delver is unplayable, but can I, can I, can I just say, I'm just sitting back here listening to the deck that put up 15% of the meta and you guys are here saying, yeah, it's being slept on. It's being well, slept on. Because- no, Delver <laughs> itself as a creature is what yeah. I meant. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, people want to play with their shiny new toys, but you know, you got to go back to old reliable. Yep, exactly. Um, let's take a look at the rest of this top eight though, before we go off on uh, any more tangents. So we got, uh, Roland Chang running blue red Delver. Zach Grant running blue red Delver. Yep. Uh, Zachary Derpentingy. I hope I'm saying that right. Derpentingy, uh, yeah. Running uh, Sneaky Joe. I, I would classify it as Trinity Tell because he is running the Intuition package with three Grizzlebrand, three Emmercool, and I believe uh, three Omniscience and just running the uh, the Trinity Tell package uh, to get a nice hybrid between Sneak and Show and Omniscience. That's a version of the deck that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I really like seeing him sleeve that up and doing well with it. Um, 
We got uh, Tony Scaponi on Epic Gamble, which is another uh, mono red storm uh, local (laughs) hero. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's been doing a bunch. Uh, Check out his stuff on uh, theepicstorm.com. It's it's a sweet deck, and it's also, I mean, LEDs are never cheap, but it's always good seeing a duelless, you know, deck enter the format. Always good to see those things come about. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we have, of course, Rude on Mono Black World Gorger, uh, Kevin uh, Thanakit on Hogak, uh, Tom Kessler, who was the ultimate winner on Green White Depths, Odin en- Ensman on Urza Bomberman, and Zach Grant. Oh, and I already said Zach Grant was on Blue Red Delver. See, Blue Red Delver just trying to sneak a third copy in the top eight. You see, <laughs> see those sneaky Delvers, what they'll do? Did you did you say Roland Chang in the top eight, too? <laughs> yeah, also Roland okay. Chang on Blue Red Delver, and also okay. Zach Grant on Blue Red Delver, and Roland Chang again on Blue Red Delver. It was a 16-man <laughs> top eight. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so let's talk about... Uh, uh mono black world gorger how do you how do you feel looking at this top eight do you feel you made the right choice for the uh the final boss in the room or do you feel you were better suited against the swiss absolutely um coming into this event i had been testing this list for months at eld's obviously his weeklies and a couple of his monthlies he had done um very very strong results i was putting up I had felt like it was pretty well poised, especially I was actually expecting a lot of combo, believe it or not, which ended up obviously coming into play. Um, it just unfortunate for me. My deck kind of crapped out on me in the top eight. I ended up having to just mull so much. It, it was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I feel I, as a combo player, when you do well in a tournament, it feels like you're racing against this clock because Every combo player knows you're just going to have some some games and then matches where your Bad deck luck. just it just fails to operate. <laughs> you just have a mechanical failure of your deck and it just you either draw all of the A combo and none of the B or you never get the right lands or you know sometimes your opponent just has that god hand with three, you know, three force of wills. So uh, when you're doing well in a tournament and you're just kind of racing against the clock, can I make it all the way to the ends before my, uh, my, the, you know, stats catches up to me (laughs) and the standard deviation reverts back to where it should be. I think in the top eight for me, at least in game three, I, I potentially made a costly decision. I don't know if it actually cost me my third game, but there was a decision to be made because I had to mull actually to five and Believe it or not, my five that I actually kept did not have a black source outside of my Lotus Petal in my hand. And I had tanked a very, probably, you know, it was a while. I was really contemplating going to four. And um, I ended up ultimately keeping and hoping I would draw a black source because I had a way to pitch my Gristle Band from hand and then bring it back. But I never ended up seeing the black source. So come to find out, I probably should have mulled the four, but. Obviously, that feels bad, you know, especially on the play. Yeah, especially as a, as a card-hungry combo deck like uh, Reanimator. So uh, let's talk about kind of the deck itself. You know, obviously, Mono Black World Gorger is a Reanimator deck at heart. Oh, yeah. Um, but how is it different? Because also, I got to say, th- uh, this might also be a nice uh, deck for someone to get entry level into combo in Legacy. Um, because I believe the price tag isn't too high on it too, right? Yeah, I would say the whole deck, you, I'm not, I haven't priced it out recently, probably in the last few months, but I know for sure you could probably buy the whole deck for under maybe 500 
total. That's awesome. Yeah. Like less than $500 for a legacy deck top aiding a close 100 person tournament. Like, that's pretty sweet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, People so, who are looking to get in, you know? Yeah. So, so break it down for us. How, how does it differ from a, you know, a traditional black red uh, reanimator deck that most people might be familiar with? So in terms of the differences, there's a lot of differences. I'll go over a lot of the differences. Um, one of the main selling points to playing my specific list over the classic reanimator is your mana base. You're, you run, I believe it's nine basics I have in the main. So being able to play around, you know, wasteland style decks is a huge selling point to me, at least. Well, of playing the deck, especially in a room full of 15 Delver decks, all packing wastelands and dazes. Yeah, exactly. Being be, having the ability to just play out your basics from your hand and essentially just play around days and wasteland is so massive. I can't even begin to describe how important it is. So mana base, much more stable. You do have some non-basics, though, some pretty spicy ones that are actually win conditions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The gear reach. I like to call it Baby Bizarre Baghdad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what does that do? So essentially, when you resolve a Wogorger loop, the actual kill, and I actually had a judge ask me how I was killing my opponent when I resolved this combo during the tournament. He tapped it's me on the shoulder. And, <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. he came up to me. I was in the middle of a loop, with, and I was trying to initiate the kill with the gear reach. And he tapped me, and he's like, hey, you're not slow playing, are you? I said, no. I, and then I explained my combo, and he said, oh, okay, okay, continue. <laughs> um, so the way it works is once you loop dragon, your permanents come in untapped on each loop interaction. So what that allows you to do I'm sorry, can, I'm sorry, Rude, just to interrupt you real quick for any of our listeners who don't know, the World Gorger Dragon combo is uh, animate dead as an enchantment that reanimates World Gorger Dragon. When World Gorger Dragon comes into play, it exiles animate dead. Uh, World Gorger Dragon then dies because it no longer has animate dead. When it dies, animate dead comes back into play, re reattaches to World Gorger Dragon, World Dragon comes back, and the whole process cycles infinite times and by the way, every time you cycle Wogorja Dragon, your entire battlefield phases in and out. So it, it essentially allows you to get infinite untaps and get infinite mana and infinite comes into play at effects. So I'm sorry, I just wanted to lay that down for any of our uh, newer listeners because there are quite a few at the tournament. Yeah, definitely. And I can't even begin to tell you how many people had to read my Dance of the Dead throughout the tournament as well. <laughs> yeah. It probably had about a 90% card read. When I went to cast it. <laughs> yep. Dan um, Dance of the Dead is just a, uh, it's basically just another animate dead, right? It's, except instead of getting yeah. plus one, I forgot. It's different it, like stats that don't matter at all. <laughs> so it gives a creature plus one, plus one, and you have to pay two to untap it during your upkeep. Gotcha. It, yep. it comes in tapped as well is another big thing. Yeah. But getting back to the gear reach loop. So once you, let's say that you only have gear reach in play. That's your only land. That's it. Let's say you have a Lotus Petal. You're going to combo off with Lotus Petal. Gear Reach is your only land that's in play. What happens then, it's still a win, but it can be a bit complicated for people that don't actually understand how the loop works. So the Dragon will come in. It'll allow you to create infinite colorless mana because that's all Gear Reach can create. Then, on response to the loop, in between each interaction, you tap the land to draw a card and then discard. You continue doing that until... Um, so let's say you only have gear reach in play. You either 
So when you're drawing your deck, each Lotus Petal that you would draw off the top, you keep it in your hand and then discard a different card from your hand. Eventually, you're going to hit the Una off the top of your deck and you just dredge Una into your graveyard and then you end the loop by bringing back the Una and then you cast all the Lotus Petals that you just drew from your hand into play. And then that allows you to basically infinitely mill your opponent. Excellent. So uh, what does is, what is the Una do for our listeners who don't know? So Una is a six-mana legendary creature. She's a 5-5 five, five flyer. You have to siphon mana into her to, to exile the top cards of your opponent's library. She costs X and then either a black or a blue. So the key to note is when you're drawing cards with Gear Reach, obviously you don't have a black or a blue mana in your pool. So you have to keep the Lotus Petals that you draw off the top in your hand in order to combo off with Una. Otherwise, you won't have the one black necessary to exile the whole library of your opponent. Obviously, if you have a black swamp in play, then that's fine because you get infinite black anyway. But that's for listeners that they're comboing with just a gear reach in play. You have to save the Lotus Petals in hand. Tricky, tricky. Definitely, I can see why uh, if I was playing against this deck and I was, you know, newer to Legacy or I didn't know kind of how the combo worked, it would just look like my opponent just like <laughs> flipping cards down on the table, <laughs> like that, like meme video of the guy playing. <laughs> I tap my milk factory to create cheese wheel. <laughs> yeah, no idea what my opponent's saying. Another one of the real stru- strengths, in my opinion, of the deck that traditional Reanimator does not. Um, play is the four grief main deck i cannot even begin to describe how important that card has been for me since it got printed in um one of those latest sets the card uh, has just been absolutely insane for me grief has been a huge upgrade for the deck would you feel that that's a big reason why uh you know you did well well during the tournament and- i would say 100 percent. that card has given the deck such a boost it's immense not only is it another unmask effect that you get in your deck as another four of, but it also just turns all your reanimation spells into live targets. Yeah. Uh, I, it can I, bring itself back. I played against an opponent and they uh, <laughs> they griefed me, uh, reanimated grief, griefed me again, and then just beat me down with the grief. And I was like, this is brutal. <laughs> yeah, yep. And I've actually won matches like that where I'd, I'll grief from an opponent and then reanimate grief and then grief them again. And then combine that with another unmask effect or something like that. That's three to four discard spells you have to deal with. You know, it's it's brutal, it, especially I, if opponents mold. And I can definitely see why that makes your combo deck so much better against other combo decks because sometimes you can just turn into a, a Delver deck with uh with discards. Like most combo decks cannot survive, you know, four discard effects back to back to back coupled with a three do beating them in the face. Correct. One thing I will note, too, and keep in mind, guys, I don't know if I actually told you guys this, but about 2014, I, I've i been playing Reanimator, believe it or not, since 2014, but the original version I played was Classic Reanimator, um, albeit a little bit different than the versions that are played today, but it was the Dark Ritual-based, just normal Reanimator. I had played Gristlebrand alongside Sire of Insanity, if you guys remember that card. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the main win conditions when Wargorger actually got on band and it was either, I believe 2015 and I had come back into playing reanimator again. I had decided I really liked Wargorger. I used to play it actually in vintage many, many years ago. 
And um, I made it a point that I really just wanted to use this creature to try to end games because I know how efficient the creature was at ending games. But that was one of the main selling points for me is a lot of people probably aren't even aware that Wolgorger was banned in Legacy for the longest time up oh. until only five or six years ago. It didn't yeah. just get unbanned. Yeah, I remember that was a huge celebration when that got unbanned. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, about 2018 is when I first originally developed the Wargorger variant of the Black Reanimator list, and I've been playing it basically since then. Awesome. Hmm. Um, now, if you're not Wargorger comboing, what are your other reanimation targets? You know, obviously Big Daddy Grizzlebrand's making an appearance. But, yeah, uh, so Grizzlebrand is going to always be pretty much always option one. I would say even for regular reanimator as well, Grizzlebrand is always option one. That doesn't change even with my list. I would say Gristlebrand is always your go-to option. Just the card's insane. I mean, draw 14. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Woolgorger, the one thing I really like about Woolgorger is when you draw those 14 cards off your Gristlebrand, you can essentially kill your opponent multiple different ways with Woolgorger, mm-hmm. which is really nice to have. Traditional reanimator is not going to have access to a, a line as that. Um. Well- yeah, real quick, I just want to say, I feel that's a big differentiator between you and normal reanimator is my biggest hang up with normal reanimator is you combo off, put all your creatures into play, and then you have to say go. And I yeah. have just lost too many games where my opponents won after I said go. Yeah, what if you're playing? Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, you're playing in Storm or something else and they just combo off in your face. And that's what I really like about your list that you combo off, you get your creatures into play, and then you win that turn. You don't have to win in your attack step. That's a huge selling point to the deck, in my opinion, is having the ability to just go, hey, bring back my Gristlebrand off an Animate Dead, draw 14, kill you. That's a huge selling point to the deck, in my opinion, for sure, Jerry. Hmm. Um, One thing I will note is Chancellor of the Annex is a very, very powerful magic card. I Mm -hmm. I do like that card and think it's definitely warrants being played. However, one thing I will note is it does feel uh, not like the best reanimation target. I like its hmm. pregame effect, but I'm not a huge fan of the actual creature itself bringing it back. I feel with Chancellor, the second one is always better than the first. Like the first one you get in play and it's like, okay, I can slow him down and I have a beater, but you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm not out of the woods yet. When you get that second chancellor down, you're like, all right, I got two Thalia's in play. Basically, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will note too is the rotting registers that I was because I was sideboarding four rotting registers in the board, and being able to play a line uh, around leyline hate with them has been excellent. I let my opponent board in their leylines. If they're on the draw, they have to mull aggressively for it, and then you just go dark ritual seven six go, and they're just sitting there like whoa, what? They have three or four cards in hand with a Leyland of the Void in play, and you're just sitting there with a 7-6 on turn one, and now you're throwing <laughs> Unmask and Grief at them on top of that. And mm-hmm. I- So, kind of, once again, what we were talking about before, the combo decks that are doing the best in the meta right now are the ones that can just be a plan B creature deck. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Having that plan B, in my opinion, is really, really huge. At least it's been for me. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah. Um, any kind of changes you think you want to make to the deck or, uh, just any upgrades coming down the line? Yeah. The massacre on the sideboard, even though it's there for taxes, I don't think it's necessary. 
I want to cut it and I want to try this creature. I don't know how good it may or may not be, but I'm really hype on it. I don't know if you guys have heard of him before. His name's Villas. He's from M20. Uh, I don't think I'm. Villas. I don't think I'm familiar with him. Villas. So, yeah. So I looked this up, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is 100% how the interaction works. So he's an eight mana eight eight. Oh yeah, I did see this guy. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. When you lose life, you draw that many cards. That's a static effect, and then his secondary effect is you can play a pay a black mana to give a creature minus one, and then you also lose two life off that ability. Um, when I was looking at the card, I didn't really at first think it was very playable. Um, yeah, it feels, but, like a, it feels like a win more. It's like if you're already drawing cards with Grizzlebrand, aren't you already winning? <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing, though. If if you board it in, it can actually act as Grizzlebrand number five post-board. Huh, the reason okay. for that being, if you reanimate Villas, apparently the way that the reanimate layering works with Villas, the Villas is actually in play when you lose the life. Oh, so it actually, shit. <laughs> yeah, it actually allows you to just draw eight cards off a of reanimate. Yeah. Oh, that's spicy then. Yeah. I can see that being pretty good. So yeah. it, it draws the eight cards from itself being reanimated. That is Correct. much better then. Yeah, this and does, I trip <laughs> this yeah, does eight eight draws eight when you uh when it comes into play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So essentially he can act as bristle brand number five. I do I will say to all the listeners right now that if you do decide to sleeve up my list, cut the massacre and put Villas in that slot because that's what I'm going to end up doing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I kind of want to sleeve this up on uh, Magic Online now and see if that interaction works because that that is insane. Yeah, I looked it up three times. I'm pretty sure that's how the interaction works. You do lose the life when the creature is actually in play. Um, so you do get to draw the cards off of it. All right. Which is really hmm. nice. Yeah. One thing I will note, by the way, guys, the amount of uh, laughter I get when I play the Piranha Marsh on turn one and then pass is, is pretty high. <laughs> I get people actually laughing. Oh, yeah, man. that's awesome. And Piranha yep. Marsh is the land that uh, that pings your opponent when it comes into play. Yeah, yeah. People look at me like I'm crazy when I play it and then pass. They're just like, what? What is going on? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, then you have that like one that one experienced player sitting next to him just look over and just like their eyes go big. They're like, oh, <laughs> you're in danger. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, that was awesome. Awesome. One thing to note too, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but the list has been really, really strong against um snow, believe it or not. Just pure control, like blue, green, white. Decks like that, the deck has been really, really solid. And I don't know if that's because their main interaction for Graveyard is mostly just Endurance, which you can strip from their hand or what, but the matchup has felt really, really good in testing. Mm -hmm. Whereas traditional Reanimator, I can't, I can't imagine them having a very solid matchup against that kind of deck. Awesome. So that's cool. I want to try that Billis out. Uh, now, how are you feeling about kind of... Uh other decks in the format what would you say is the tier one deck um that you know people should be watching out for is it still going to be blue red delver or you know if it, if so let's choose what your second your second best choice for the format is i'm a huge so here's the thing i think blue red delver are you guys familiar with arcan yes yep i call it the arcan deck the deck he polarized which is the uh the three color saga deck Mm -hmm. I believe that is actually probably the second best deck in the format currently. 
behind really? the blue okay. red delver deck yeah yeah okay okay yeah the amount of results hmm. that decks put up especially online is just insane um i would say blue red delver the arcan deck and then just really fast combo decks are always going to be you know really good but i think those yep. two decks are probably the two best decks in the format right now for sure and i think ragavan's a big reason for that i think that card is just so good awesome well Anything else you kind of wanted to mention before we start to wrap things up? Um, for anyone looking to play the dragon deck, I will let you guys all know there are, you know, it can be a bit complicated at first, but once you learn a lot of the combo strings or the combo lines, it can be, it can be a lot easier, but especially online, I will let you guys know that MTGO as Jerry and Pat, you guys probably already know this MTGO does make you play out the combo. So it, right. it can take quite a bit of time just to play the combo strings, you know? I feel this is why I don't play this on Magic Online, because I am such a slow player on Magic Online. Also, pre-apologies mm -hmm. to all of my yeah. opponents that I play against when I play sleeve this deck up. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to send a huge thanks to all my teammates, um, my friend Eli, my friend John, my friend Rob. They've all been real huge factors for me in terms of testing, and I can't explain enough how much that's helped me as a Magic player. That's awesome. Friends make it better. <laughs> Hell yeah. Should we get into some uh, scoops and poops on that note? Yeah, Jerry, who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Uh, I got to scoop in every single person who came out and made the Leaving Legacy open so awesome. I uh, also got to scoop in Michelle and all the staff at... Uh, gaming etc uh you know they they're the real mvps the judge team uh just everyone it was it was an awesome day and i'm, I'm happy we, we did it and we got to see so many people because it's been you know more than a year since we saw a lot of these friends right yep absolutely yeah uh how about you uh rude who you want to scoop in the top eight this week i'm scooping you guys honestly <laughs> you guys did great you guys kill it on commentary circle too and not giving up on your computer breaking down like that, man. That's, that's an instant <laughs> scoop in the top eight for me. <laughs> I wanted to bring the content, you know, oh, yeah. I wanted to bring the, the stream. I'm yep. going to put in, I'm going to scoop in Pat for doing infinitely more work than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, I'm scooping you in too. So that's a double top eight for you, my friend. Oh boy. Oh, I registered twice for the tournament. That's four top eights. <laughs> now also, are you also, guys also you're playing blue red delver so that's good for another times two so you're oh absolutely yeah. you're just the entire i think i'm eight. just the top eight now that's great are you guys going to be making it to the eld legacy open i believe it's next weekend is that on a saturday it is i might be able to do that actually that'd be pretty cool i was yeah. go i was going to and then my girlfriend told me no we're going to a wedding so apparently no. i have to do that instead I've sent my wife on many weddings by herself. I mean, I'm not going to that. So don't be afraid to do that, Jerry. I'm telling you, you can, it's, it's, it's an option, it, but it's a, it's a swanky wedding at Gillette, Pat. I can't, I can't turn oh, that down. Never mind. Never mind. You gotta go to that. Now, Pat, what do you change your mind? What do you want currently? Blue, red Delver, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, that is really, I mean, I have a, I might, I have most of sneaking show still built. Um, uh, that's, but that's pretty much the only deck that I own at this point. Um, um, that, that's my ride or die deck. From here on now i don't know if i'll be switching any, to, into anything else you know uh, i just like the deck too much and i don't want to overcommit to any more legacy stuff you know what i mean i try to keep my collection as small as possible so yeah no that's a great deck i think it's a great deck choice are, is your build on four delver or are you on delver yeah. oh yeah I'm, yeah I'm very much on the traditional like four del well tra traditional in the sense of like four delver four ragavan for uh darcy 
three um uh Merc Tide region and in the rest of the in the rest of the package. Oh, so, awesome. Hey, if you yeah. don't mind me asking, are you on the court of cunning idea that a lot of lists are on in the sideboard right uh, now? So I bought some, but I could I, I haven't played the card yet. So I'm not sure where I land on that to be honest with you. I think it's definitely something to consider. I do think against the snow decks and lands, especially that that card could be mm-hmm. very, very huge for you if you do end up going on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like it's it's it, what are you going to see in the field? Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like, oh, do I want to dedicate a spot to that? Do I want to dedicate to my storm matchups? But I like I said, I did pick up a couple from uh, from Eric down at ELD and uh, it, it it's probably my sideboard right now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That card's yep. awesome for sure. Yep, Nice. Um, I'm going to scoop in Zach. Uh, that's my scoop in the top eight this week. Uh, Zach, as always, coming through in the clutch. Thank you for helping us out with the uh, with the stream and stuff. And it, it's a joy to have him on the stream, Jerry. He he makes the he makes it he makes it work. You know, he's the he's a try to our pod. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Rude, thanks for coming on this week, man. It was great. Hey, to have thanks, you. Great guys. To talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, I'll look it. forward to seeing you at, at Time Vault. Uh, if not this weekend, then hopefully in the future. I'm trying to. Uh, well, during the fall, I'm pretty pretty packed with between classes and football practices for my kids yeah because i coach but um but once that uh gets tidied up i'll definitely be over there uh wednesdays and friday nights uh, for legacy i'm pretty stoked for that yeah awesome jerry i hope to see you soon as well i know i won't see you on saturday i i myself (laughs) actually have to work i'm trying to switch a schedule to actually try to make it out to the saturday tourney oh nice but right now yeah it's looking pretty grim but (laughs) I'm gonna do my best to try to make it if I can. You know, would you ru- would you run back uh, World Gorger again? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, nice. believe it or nice. not, guys, I'm mostly on Dragon right now for the foreseeable future because I'm still in the process of getting my Dreadsill deck rebuilt. I actually don't oh, have okay. it built right now, so. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm still in the process of rebuilding it, but once I get that built, I'm gonna try to mix it up. So. Nice. <laughs> Got to hit it with the one two. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. Well, well, thanks again for coming on, Rude. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Open and everyone who came out to the Open. Um, thank you so much. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope that uh, that people had fun. And, uh, and yeah, we hope to do one again sometime in the future. Sweet. Awesome. All right, guys. All right, thanks, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. We'll catch you all next week. Later. Bye. Come on down to